0: week's podcast. Um, It's Wednesday. It's podcast day. And if you saw my Instagram this morning, you'll know that we went to the beach with Daddy to watch him surf. And it was all very lovely, but I am a little bit behind on recording this podcast. I meant to do it um, during the beginning of the week, but I just, I don't know, time, time has no kind of meaning anymore. It just disappears just absolutely disappears time and the minute I go to do something she either starts to cry or she needs a nappy change or she needs feeding or I'm running an errand or doing a job it's just, it's slightly insane um, how time just goes anyway, I'm here and I am recording and Beanie is currently breastfeeding Amandine is currently breastfeeding um, she seems to be having a bit of a mare of an afternoon. <laughs> um, which, oh my goodness, it's just been a bit of a shocker. So I had, so we were at the beach, which was lovely. Um, we got, we got up, um, pretty early. We had a, our morning feed at six. I felt shocking this morning. I don't know why. I just woke up with a cracker of a headache and, um, really didn't feel very well. So didn't think we would join Daddy for surfing. But then I realised, you know what, I needed to see the sea, I needed to be at the beach and just breathe in some sea air and I would feel better. So we did our morning feed at 6 and then I took a real quick shower and we were in the car and on our way by 7.30, so we did pretty well. We We were only left 10 minutes late, so I think Daddy was quite impressed. Um... But this morning it was three degrees outside, so I had no idea what to dress her in. Um, so I just layered it up, <laughs> put on short sleeve vest, followed by a long sleeve kimono, followed by leggings, socks, booties, jumper, hat, <laughs> a blanket, everything. Top tip: If you're, uh, we leave our car seat in the car because our car seat is pretty big, and um i just don't like having it lying around the house and it's really easy to put her in and out of in the car um so we don't have it lying around but if you're going on an early morning journey and it's winter and it's cold put or even now put your car seat inside the night before when we put poor beanie into the car seat this morning the car seat was ice cold ice cold so the poor thing had to use her body heat to basically warm up the car seat um not my finest moment But anyway, we've learned our lesson, so we're going again on Friday, I think. So, um, I shall put the car seat inside on Thursday night, so it is room temperature when she needs to go in it. Um, and then we drove, it's only an hour and fifteen minutes to where Hendrik wanted to surf, so we drove there, which was great, and then when we arrived, I needed to feed her again, that was fine. I then had to change her nappy in the car, which actually was fine. But it took me 50 minutes to get out of the car. So half of the time that Hendrick surfed, I was in the car. Basically breastfeeding, burping, feeding again, changing. And then I put my wrap on and then put her in the wrap. And then we were ready to go. Well, then I had to go to the loo and then we were ready to go. So I didn't go to the loo in the car. Just to clarify that, I did go and find a bathroom. <laughs> um. So, yeah. That was great, it was really lovely, we had a beautiful walk along the beach, really really nice, and then um, we had a little bit of lunch, and, well, i say lunch, but I actually had a bowl of chips, which is possibly why I'm slightly grouchy now, because what I've eaten today is a bowl of chips and a bunch of biscuits, really not what I should be eating, breastfeeding, Um, but I will have a nice healthy dinner tonight, and I had a good healthy dinner last night, so, anyway... Anyway, all went slightly tits up when we got home. Um, So, for some reason, Beanie um, hasn't really slept. I mean, she slept in the car. That's her. You can probably hear her now. Um, She slept in the car for a little bit. And when we got home, she needed feeding again, so I fed her. But then she wouldn't settle. And then she had a very long feed. But by the time um the feeding was up I needed to give her a nappy change and then I had a doctor's appointment I'll get to that a little bit later um so we decided to take her with us to the doctor's appointment because Hendrik needed to fuel up the car and stuff went upstairs to change her nappy she had done just a wee in her nappy nothing too crazy I was super lax with the nappy bad 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 idea. Never be lax with your nappy changing, people, because it's literally going to hit you in the face. Literally. So I lifted up her bum, was just cleaning her bum, putting on some nappy cream, and oh my word, projectile shit just flies out of my child's rear end, all over my arm, all over my jumper. All across the rug, across the carpet. Now this is the third time this has happened but this is the most elaborate spray we have ever had um, and oh my word it was shocking. Um, so rug is saved, Hendrick did a great job at saving the rug and he put it in the, he, well he sprayed it with rug stuff and then put it into the wash and it's now drying in the sun and hopefully just bleaching out the baby poo But we do have a slight issue with our carpet. So she seems... It must be the angle that the changing mat is at, but she sprays the same bit of carpet every time. We have cream-slash-white carpets in our house. Um, We didn't know what bedroom was going to be the nursery, so, yeah, it's, it's a carpeted room. And it is now splodgy with orange. I have literally just got off the phone to Service Master to try and help me find someone to come and attempt to clean our carpet because I've had a quote to have the room replaced and it's going to cost £600 so seems a bit ridiculous to spend that money on something when it's probably going to happen again um, but you literally walk we couldn't put a rug where she's sprayed because um, the door opens so we yeah can't put anything there anyway, nightmare so we eventually made it to my doctor's appointment I don't know how we did it but we were two minutes late and that was it and saw the doctor and she lost her lost her mind in the doctor's surgery I don't know what it was, I don't know whether it's the temperature she's kind of gone from hot to cold to cool to warm to hot and it was boiling in the doctor's surgery so I don't know if that was was what the problem was um, but went into the doctor's and she just bawled her eyes out She had a clean nappy, she'd just been fed, I have no idea what was wrong with her, and she was just inconsolable. The minute I got her back in the car, however, she was absolutely fine. Um, So I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. I probably should have left her with Daddy in the hope that everything would be fine, and it probably would have been... And then we got back home, and she is she is clearly overtired. she's normally having her long nap. I don't know if anyone saw my Instagram yesterday, but she was she had a great afternoon nap, about a three hour afternoon nap in her big girl cot in the nursery yesterday, and she hasn't had that today and I think maybe that is what the problem is um maybe not anyway, she is currently now breastfeeding, and I'm hoping that this is going to settle her at least for a couple of hours, so I can eat something, do a few jobs around the house, and then we can get ready for our bedtime routine. But it's definitely felt like a lovely but long day, and I am a bit overtired. Um, so, this week's podcast, that's my day. <laughs> I could fill the whole flipping podcast about this one day today. Um, But... This week's podcast is all about the first couple of weeks of having a baby, and what it's been like, and kind of fill you in on do's and don'ts. (laughs) Not that I really have many do's and don'ts, but I have written a little list um, of things that I wanted to chat through today. Um because I think it's really important to share this stuff because if you have just had a baby and especially the emotional side, the feeling side of, um, the first few weeks of pregnancy, I don't feel like I was told about this and it was only when I was chatting with my friends who have just given birth and, you know, I said to them, God, I'm feeling really emotional today and they'd say something like, oh, it's day five, day five is a shit day or day seven is a shit day. So, um, emotions let's touch on that first day three five and seven after giving birth I had wobbles and tears and we actually went to Ikea on one of those days I can't remember whether it was day five or day seven I can't remember but we went to Ikea to buy a mattress and the actual trip in Ikea was fine but on the way home I pretty much bawled my eyes out the whole way and I have no idea why No idea why. And then in the evening, I also went to bed crying, couldn't tell you why. Yes, I was tired, but it wasn't necessarily the tiredness that was making me cry. So if you find that you are overly emotional, or you're feeling wobbly, or you're crying, and you really are kind of laughing at yourself, not knowing why you're crying, or maybe something's getting to you, or maybe you're a bit grouchy with your other half... If it's day three, five, and seven, then it may... It's normal. It's totally normal. And I think even if it's day four or day six, it's absolutely normal to feel really emotional and cry and not know why you're crying. So if you feel that way, totally don't stress about it. It's... I I wouldn't even call it... I wouldn't call it anything. I certainly wouldn't call it postnatal depression or anything like that. Not that I know, but I wouldn't, because it's normal it's normal it's normal and you're going to be knackered and you're going to be sleep deprived and it's going to be a massive transition and it has been I mean she's three weeks uh she was three weeks yesterday and I kind of realized that I've had what 21 days of probably the longest amount of time I've slept for is two hours straight and then I've been woken, and then another maybe hour or two hours, because she's been feeding about every hour and a half, two hours in the day, and then um, same at night, really. Occasionally, I've had a three-hour section between feeds, but when you think she wakes at maybe, I don't know, let's say two o'clock, she wakes at two o'clock, and then she feeds again at five o'clock, yes, that's three hours, but when she wakes at two o'clock you have to feed her and change her and that normally takes me about an hour to feed and change and burp and all the rest of it and put her back and settle her back down again so then I only have two hours sleep anyway so you will be tired you absolutely will be tired the other thing I wanted to mention about was bleeding because it's uncomfortable and sorry guys if you're listening and it's too much information, maybe just skip forward a little bit, but the lockier, I think that's how you pronounce it. So that's actually one of the reasons why I went to the doctor, well that is the reason I went to the doctors today, because mine has come back from going, and pretty much going completely, it's now come back with um, a vengeance, and I don't really know why, they don't really know why, I don't have any pain with it, I don't have any discomfort with it there's no smell with it, It sounds really gross doesn't it, but there isn't, um, I'm kind of passing really really teeny tiny little clots but for some reason it's come back, so she took a swab and to be honest it made me feel a lot better just going to see the doctor and for her to say everything looks really normal down there and you know don't stress about it, we're going to send off the swab, if it comes back with anything we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, um, I know that if there's some placenta left in there sometimes it can cause this but uh when my placenta was delivered it was intact apparently um so yeah hopefully it's all fine and it's just my body having a bit of a wobble. I do know that if you breastfeed apparently when you kind of do bigger feeds that will increase the bleeding. Um I did so in the first couple of weeks my bleeding wasn't too bad so when I, um, and it's not too bad now, it's just kind of like a normal period, really, um, it's not too bad now, I just wanted to get it checked out, and it's always better, I think, if you worry about something, definitely get it checked out, because I feel so much better having had it checked out, um, so at the beginning, I did have quite a lot of bleeding, um, but it was never unmanageable, it was never, um, I, I used my tenor massive, like, tenor pants, the, the pads, pants, all-in-one things, and they were brilliant for the night time. So if you're pregnant and you're going to go through this, absolutely get those, because you wear them, you don't have to worry about leaking, you don't have to worry about anything. You're going to get up and change them anyway, because when, well, I did, every time I fed or every time she woke up, I would then go to the loo, go for a wee, and change my pants um, my tenor pants, so I went through those quite quickly, but, um, they were great, and then I also had, um, specific maternity pads, which were cotton, and I wore breathable knickers, like those hospital knickers, which are basically mesh, I actually bought some of those from Jojo Mama BB, I think they're on my, I think they're in one of my YouTube videos, I think I show you them, um, but if anyone has any questions, I can find the actual name. So just drop me an Instagram message, and I will find them for you. Um, so I wore those just to make sure that everything was really breathable down there and promoted healing. I also used uh, my Spritzer Bits spray from my expert midwife; absolutely brilliant, really great. I was very lucky, in fact, that um, going for a wee never was a problem for me. It never stung. It was never an issue painful or anything like that it was it was absolutely fine so i've been very lucky in that instance that i haven't had an issue there other end though <laughs> um i i was ridiculously constipated and it was causing me a lot of pelvic pain and i think that was one of the reasons if you listen to my last podcast um about pain in my pelvis i think one of the reasons was because i was just quite blocked up um And because I didn't have kind of the whole emptying your bowels before going into labour, I vomited instead. I think that possibly didn't help things. Um, And then not wanting to go to the loo because it, you know, about the whole worrying that you're going to bust your stitches and all this kind of stuff. And that it's going to really hurt and you can't kind of push and strain and all that kind of mental um, nervous energy around going to the loo didn't really help. Um, but a couple of weeks or last last week maybe mid mid week before last I got some f- uh, what's it called Fibro gel sachets which are um, I think it's not xylem husk it's something else natural in a kind of orangey drink type thing that I was that I've taken that my midwife recommended and that has helped I'm still quite constipated but it has at least helped me go pretty much every day which is great is great anyway I stray from bleeding to constipation <laughs> um I'm sorry about that but I have, what else do I want to say on the bleeding yeah so for the first kind of maybe two three days maybe three four days it was heavy I would highly recommend buying some of those sanitary paper bag things because it sometimes it's not good enough to just wrap it in lube paper so I had some of those sanitary bag things so I just put my pad in there and then put it in the bin and it was fine um so I would recommend getting those and then by kind of by the end of week one it really started to tail off and then by the end of week two it had virtually gone and then um the last couple of days it's come back, so that's why I went to the doctor. So, there you go, that's the kind of bleeding um, stuff that I wanted to chat about. And I know I'm going to go back to the whole constipation thing and pelvis pain. I mentioned in my last podcast about having pain in my coccyx and pain in my pelvis. That has now dramatically reduced, which is brilliant because um, I now feel like I can walk without having my insides fall out because that's what it felt like I've been fairly slack on my pelvic floor uh, exercises however I feel like my pelvic floor is just as strong as it was before I gave birth I can still do a full 10 second hold no problem Um, I didn't realize that once you've given birth you were literally meant to do pelvic floor pretty much straight away once you get feeling back there I did I was told that by my midwife on the second day, so I was able to kind of crack on. But I have not been doing it like four or five times a day. I've probably been doing it once a day. Um, excuse me, but yeah, I feel like it's okay. Um, also, I would recommend if you've had stitches or even if you just even if you haven't had anything, take a look down there. Like I had a look down there, and because in your mind, I don't know, in your mind well in my mind i kind of felt like there was some form of train wreck happening down there but it wasn't because you're so sore and so bruised it wasn't like that at all it just it looked completely normal i know that won't be the same for everybody but i found it way less scary to have a look and see that actually everything looks pretty normal than to imagine that there was that it was just horrendous down there so maybe take a little look So yeah, my pelvis pain was possibly because I was constipated um, and when I do go to the loo, it definitely goes away. And when I haven't been, it kind of starts to niggle a little bit again. But compared to what it was in the first week, it's absolutely back to where... kind of back to normal now. Um, My doctor and midwife both suggested maybe going to see an osteo and just checking that everything has kind of gone back to normal... And also my friend um, mentioned, a couple of friends actually mentioned acupuncture. So I think if I, I think after my six week check or maybe, maybe in the next couple of weeks, I might just go and um, see my friend Rosie and maybe have a little bit of a session. I had a massage last week, which was amazing um, and made me feel a lot better. But I think my body is just, I want to give my time before going to alternative therapies. I want to give my body time. To reset, And I do have to keep reminding myself that um, I am only three weeks postpartum, post-pregnancy, um, post... I don't know what it's called, post-birth. <laughs> I am only three weeks post-birth, so I need to give my body time to just reset and come back to me. One interesting thing that the doctor did um, find today was that my uterus has completely gone back down to its normal size which is great which is really really good what else do I want to talk about um hormones are amazing so everyone keeps asking me how I'm doing and I actually mentioned this to my husband in the car today um and I'm doing great and I said to him I was like I keep telling everybody the same thing I'm doing great but a little bit more sleep would be nice because there's there's nothing else that I can say really other than we're doing great because we are doing great we're both healthy we're both feeding eating sleeping drinking it's it's all good it's all good but yes a little bit more sleep would be nice however as a woman I don't know what it is, but the hormones just get you through. For the first week, I was wired. I literally felt wired. I couldn't nap. I'm not a napper. I still can't really nap in the day. But I didn't want to nap. I literally came home from hospital and started doing jobs around the house, um, washing, lots like cooking. I, I didn't feel the need to kind of sit and lie down and... I went out for a walk on the third day, I think it was. Um, And yes, I think my mum said to me, you did it too well. (laughs) Um, You recovered too well. And I would definitely recommend not doing what I did because I think I did do a little bit too much. But I felt like I could and I felt really energised and literally wired and I think that was the hormones. And even now... Yes, you don't get that much sleep, but the hormones see you through and it's not a big deal. And if you enjoy breastfeeding, which I'm sure you will if you're able to breastfeed, um, it's a lovely thing to have that time with your little one and have that bonding. And um, even if it is like 3am in the morning, (laughs) I have some friends who have babies who literally feed at 11, feed at 3, feed at 6. Dreamy, absolutely dreamy. Amandine is not like that. She feeds at, normally she feed well now, she feeds at nine, she feeds at 11, normally feeds around one, feeds at three, feeds at five, and then will sometimes feed at half past six or seven o'clock, and then continue on from there. Um, So she does like her milk, and I think Millie, my friend Millie, was saying to me the other day that it's possibly because she's so tiny that feeding is actually quite exhausting for her. So she takes it little and often, which, you know, I guess is fine. I guess it's fine. It's just tough on mummy. But your hormones do get you through the sleep. And Hendrik has been in the other bedroom since day two, which is absolutely fine, because there's absolutely no point in us both being exhausted. And it takes the stress off me a little bit um fearing of waking him up and uh yeah I, I don't see the point in us both being tired and also the men don't get the hormones that we get to keep us awake and to keep us going and you know to still be able to function the next day <laughs> and the, the female body is absolutely incredible I have so much more respect for it than I ever did um but the men don't get those hormones so it's totally fine if I think your other half just needs a little bit of sleep. <laughs> Let them go in the other room if you if you know if you're happy to do that because they don't get the hormones that we get. So it's tough for them too. It's tough for them too. I'm talking quite a bit about breastfeeding. I know that breastfeeding isn't available for everybody. It's not possible for everybody to do. And I have to say I I didn't have a wobble but kind of come day well actually kind of started on day 2 or day 3 but i had the worst painful nipples i had cracked nipples they were bleeding they were blistering it was pretty horrific i had some really bad latches and the damage is done i think even by one bad latch you you get the damage it's really quick to create a blister on your nipple and i was i wasn't using cream I was using these silver nipple covers which I've been recommended by a friend. I think they're great probably for some people but they didn't work for me. So I went straight onto the lanolin, I don't know how you say it, lanolin cream, and the minute I started using that my nipples healed up and it was fine. And I now use it probably once a day when I go when I go to bed and then after my shower in the morning I'll put it on again. But I'm trying to kind of slowly wean myself off it so I so my nipples aren't dependent on using that um, lanolin cream um, also it's really gross it's like really oily and you can't get it off your hands, it doesn't wash off it's basically like putting um, grease on your body it's not very nice but it works a treat and I would highly recommend highly highly recommend if you have sensitive nipples which I do um use it from day one just use it it's natural it's definitely not vegan but it is natural and just use it I would use it um and it does it's painful it is so painful if you have blistering and bleeding nipples my nipples are still sore now but that's because I'm not using I'm really trying to get myself off the lanolin but they are not um they're not blistering and they're not bleeding even if we have a bit of a dodgy latch I don't really like taking her on and off If it's a bad latch, I know I should, definitely should, but I don't like doing it because she's quite fussy. And if you take away the nipple, she doesn't necessarily want it back. So if I'm trying to feed her and I'm trying to get her to rest and relax, then I might be naughty and leave her on, but then I will absolutely pay the price afterwards. So yeah, try and use the lanolin. What else am I using? I'm using my expert midwife No Harm nipple balm, which is brilliant and way less greasy. Also has lan- lanolin. I'm definitely saying this wrong, but you know what I mean. Um also has that in it, but I think it has some vitamin E, so I'm probably gonna use that a little as well. Um I'm just finishing off my tube of the other one. And I'm still using my um what's it called? Oh god, is the stretch mark one from my expert midwife. I've forgotten the name but I'm also using that on my tummy. My skin felt really funny after giving birth as it was kind of shrinking back down and my tummy was shrinking. It felt really tender to the touch so I've been using that to give my stomach a bit of love. I am so so lucky I have not got any stretch marks on my stomach I don't know if that's because I was moisturising, 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 moisturising. I do really believe that it's pretty hereditary. If your mum doesn't get them, you're probably not. If she did, you probably will. My mum hasn't got any. Um, I did get a few more, but I had them before. A few more on my bum um, and my hips. And I don't think I got any more on my inner thighs. Um, But to be honest, I haven't actually stood in the mirror and... Um, looked either because it is what it is and my body's been through an amazing thing and we built this unbelievable human being and brought her into the world and if I need some stretch marks and if I have some then great, then I really don't care (laughs) one little bit and that's what the body has to do and that's what it did so embrace it, enjoy it what Else do I want to talk about? Um, useful things. Okay. Useful things. So, what has been really useful? The snooze pod has been brilliant. She didn't want to settle for the first couple of nights. Um, actually, no, I lie. The first night she settled in the snooze pod, and then the second night, third night, fourth night, nightmare. So by the fifth night. I actually put her in the bed with me because I just needed some sleep. I just needed sleep. Hendrick wasn't in the bed, our bed's massive, I knew it would be okay, Um, and she slept. And so I did that for the second night as well. And now she's sleeping in the snooze pod. And she has been for probably a week, and she loves it. I think the mistake I made, so don't make this mistake, she was... um, what happened? Did she wee on her sheet? Or she was sick on her sheet? I can't remember. But the first two times, or the maybe the second, third night, when it really started to go wrong, I washed her sheet, and I washed it twice, put on a fresh sheet, because I just, in my mind, I was like, oh no, she can't have a dirty sheet, she can't have a dirty sheet. So I washed it. Big mistake. Because every time I washed it, obviously her smell went away, so it was like starting afresh. Then I really started to notice the difference when I just left the sheet on. If it had a little bit of sick on it or a bit of milk um coming up, then I just left it. So let the smell be there on the sheet, maybe for a few nights. And if it's dirty, it's dirty. Not a big deal. It might have made the difference. It might not have. But I feel like it did make all the difference. Because once I didn't change the sheet, it was absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. Um... What else has been brilliant? Um, A bin. A nappy bin. (laughs) So I didn't have a bin in the nursery and then during the last week before before I gave birth I bought a bin and thank God I did because there's the bin right next to the changing unit so you can grab the nappy before putting the other nappy on and shove it straight into the bin. Laundry bag for the dirty laundry. Um, I also have a couple of baskets in all our bathrooms so we've got three bathrooms in our house and I actually do use all of them Um, so I have little baskets and I put in there um, pads and also the sanitary bags Um, so every time I go to the loo there's everything that I need in every bathroom so there's just like our, our kind of bathroom which guests use as well that's downstairs i have like a little zip up old makeup bag which i've put pads and sanitary bags in um so that's really good so just make sure you have what you need around the house so if you're pregnant now and you're thinking okay well I've got a downstairs loo and an upstairs loo just make sure you've got the bits that you need because you don't want to have to go upstairs to the loo every time because you need to change your pad so just make sure that yeah you've got your bits lying around and if you need to have a spritz bottle with water in to help when you pee or you you know just want a sports water bottle to help when you pee just have a couple of those but prep it now because then it's ready um, and it's done also prep your nappy drawer because then it's done. So on the nappy subject, people have been asking me if we're in our reusables yet. We are not. We are not. She, they were massive, absolutely massive for her. Didn't even try, to be honest, because they were huge. So we're using kitten kin still. Um, we really like them, but I do get the point of one of my friends said that with Pampers, apparently the Pampers nappy also absorbs the poop. Now, one thing with kitten kin, it doesn't really absorb the poop. She she does kind of sit in her poop, um, and I kind of thought that was normal. But my friend said no, it's not. So my friend's using Pampers, but it is because apparently in Exeter they incinerate some of the waste, so it doesn't. It I, I mean I need to look into this more, but it doesn't necessarily. If you're using biodegradable nappies it doesn't actually mean they're going to make it to the landfill it might well be that they're incinerated and if they're incinerated does it really matter? No it doesn't matter if they're biodegradable so maybe check your waste before you spend the extra on biodegradable nappies because if you don't need to then don't spend the extra. I still can't get to the bottom of where our waste goes here in East Devon some of it goes into Exeter to be incinerated and some of it goes to the landfill and I'm just not entirely sure where ours goes so I need to probably call the council and just find out and double-check because I don't want to be using pampers if it does go to the landfill I need to I want to be using the biodegradable ones until I can use our reusables Um other useful things other useful things lots of blankets lots of blankets have been really useful the white noise machines oh my goodness we're very lucky in that we were sent a lot of white noise machines. We have the My Hummy one, we have the Ewan Dream Sheep one, we also have the Ollie the Owl from the Grow Company. Amandine loves Ollie the Owl, I think that's her favourite, and also it is the most user friendly, I think, but they all have completely different price points. So I think Ewan you you and the Sheep is the cheapest, and he is brilliant for the price that he is. Um I think he's around £25 to £30 pounds, and he is brilliant. Ollie the Owl, I'm not sure the price point of Ollie the Owl, but Ollie the Owl is superb and super easy to use. And My Hummy has a Bluetooth uh capability which you can use on your phone, which is also pretty amazing. Um, but has quite a high price point. So I would always recommend a white noise machine. We have solved quite a few grizzles with the white noise machine. Um and they have actually been brilliant. So because she's been feeding, because Amandine's been feeding really regularly, so every hour to every hour, and well, it was every hour, then every hour and a half, and then every hour and a half to two hours, it's tough on her little tummy. So she has been experiencing quite a lot of discomfort in her tummy. And I don't understand why, but putting on the white noise machine when she's having one of these um, episodes and discomfort moments stops it and she goes straight to sleep so it's I don't know if it's the distraction I really don't know what it is but it's amazing to see and I would highly recommend it highly highly Amandine doesn't really burp and she doesn't really pass wind either so it's quite difficult to get any air out of her system I have been recommended, is it Infocol or something, but I'm not, um, I'm not keen on using that yet. I don't, I don't really want to use that yet. Um, a bit like when the doctor on the phone said to me earlier today, we might give you antibiotics just in case you do have an infection. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That's not happening. But I didn't need them anyway yet. So fingers crossed. I won't need them. um, Other useful things, lots of baby growers, oh my goodness, lots of baby growers, we actually bought a few more, which I don't think we've used, we had one night where we just went through so many baby growers, she just peed all over them, and it was probably our fault because we just didn't have the whole nappy change. and I don't, I don't have the whole nappy changing thing down yet, as my carpet can tell you, Um, because you remove her nappy and she will literally pee about two minutes later but sometimes she will, sometimes she won't. So she'll catch you off guard and then the pee will dribble up her back along the changing mat into her clothes. Then you have to change the whole lot. And Amandine hates having her nappy changed, absolutely hates it. So not ideal. Um, So yeah, we went through a lot of uh, baby grows one night, so we bought some more. But I would say lots of baby grows, um, lots of little vests, although you don't need lots, maybe like five. We have way too many. It seems we were given quite a lot and also my friends painted a lot of them as you may have seen from my baby shower. So we have a lot of long sleeve and short sleeve baby growth or vest thingies. Leggings have been great and also little booties and we actually tuck her leggings or her little trousers into her booties to keep the booties on otherwise they fall off. But they've been great. Little hats definitely... You need little hats. Um, the first night we had her at home, I kind of freaked out about um, what to put her to sleep in. We had a grow snug, but for some reason, I just it was really tight round her neck. I'm I'm sure that's how it's meant to be. Sure that's how it's meant to be, but I just didn't. It, it's it's also a cold one. It's a two two and a half tog I think cold one. Um, and I just felt like she was going to be way, way too hot. So we've actually been probably underdressing her, but she seems really happy. We put her in a, just a baby grow for the first few nights. And then as it's got colder, she's been in a short sleeve vest and a baby grow, and then two blankets. I never thought I would have blankets in the cot, but it has been fine. And she doesn't wriggle. She barely moves. The minute she does start to wriggle, I'll start to move her into... Um, the bags, but at the moment blankets work fine, and they're cellular blankets. um the one closest to her anyway is a cellular blanket. Um, and then I might put another blanket over the top, but that's what we've been doing for nighttime. Um other useful things, lots of cotton wool, uh, what else? Uh, loads of nappies, just stock up, stock up, stock up. I have flannels nearby because when I have when she's done a really messy poo and I've used lots of cotton wool and water I want to make sure she's nice and dry before I put the next nappy on. We also have uh Neil's yard uh baby balm which we've been using um for nappy rash. She's had like a teeny tiny bit of soreness on her bum. Um But I actually think that's because we haven't given her much free bum time and I need to give her more free bum time because, yeah, I I don't do it once a day and I know you should do it more than once a day. It's... I think it's just the practicality of it because we have carpet, because she does these projectile poops, it's not as easy as just whacking her on the changing table and just leaving her bum free because if she projectile poops, it goes everywhere. So to give her nappy time, I have to take her downstairs to the tiled floor pad it, put a rug down, put a towel down. I've bought maternity sheets um to absorb any wee and poo and it's it becomes a bit of a thing. Um and for some reason I don't ever seem f- time to find time in the day to do it. And also she hates being without her nappy on. She hates being open to the world. So not ideal. Not ideal. Um but I will be doing more of it. It's my weekly goal to try and do it at least once a day, at least. I mean, today she had quite a bit of it because I spent such a long time cleaning up her poop before I could even attempt to put a new nappy on her. Um, I have a changing basket that's pretty impractical. It's beautiful. I don't know if you've seen it on my nursery pictures. If you haven't, go onto my Instagram, go to Baby's Room and you'll probably see it. But it's a beautiful basket from Ollie and Ella and they come with these cotton liners. Now, (laughs) I used the liners and I was washing the liners every single day because when you get poop on them, you've got to put them straight in the wash. Bit of a nightmare. Um, So I actually made my own... um, changing mat to go inside my basket so I bought some foam just some blue foam like you would get to make a seat cushion thing um blue foam cut it out in the shape of the basket and then I bought from ScandiBorn, I think it is these um they're they're kind of water resistant covers so they're cotton covered in I think acrylic no, no, it can't be some kind of wax. I think maybe, but it's not PVA or PVC. It's not kind of horrible, plasticky stuff. Um, it's more natural than that. I'm really sorry. My phone's going off. That's that's bad. Um, and they don't really fit, but they fit well enough. And I'll try and take a picture. Currently, they are both in the wash because of our, our punami. And. Yeah, so I made it myself and it works really well. So if you have a changing basket and you're using the cotton inserts and it's just not working for you, maybe try and do what I've done. And then you at least have a wipeable, slightly washable, well it is very washable actually, um, changing surface. That was, that's been useful. What else has been useful? My water bottle. My water bottle has been insanely useful. It is by my side always 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 and it is the only way I will drink enough water to avoid getting mastitis and to just make sure I have enough fluid going through my body I definitely don't drink lots and lots of glasses of water so I just try and make sure my water bottle is there everywhere. Um, Loads of cushions, throw cushions have been the best to trying to get comfortable for breastfeeding I mean, you would have laughed. Had you been a fly on a wall yesterday, you would have laughed. I tried to give her bare-bottom time. I She shat all over me. <laughs> I had to strip down. She was naked, I was naked. Um, and I was in the nursery, and I was sitting on the floor, cross-legged, breastfeeding, and it was the most uncomfortable position ever on the carpet I had her wrapped in this dark towel praying that she wouldn't poo because it would go through the towel and probably drip on the carpet anyway um it was a slightly panicked 20 minutes but we managed to get through it without any poo on the carpet extra poo on the carpet so definitely recommend um throw cushions and trying to just be ahead of the game when you think your baby needs breastfeeding because she'll catch you out. She caught me out, that's for sure. What else? Um, what else clothes wise? So I had a question, um, from a friend, Amy, Hey, if you're listening about what clothes do you really, really need? Now, what all you really, really, really need are baby grows. I mean, you could be in baby grows day and night and they would be happy baby grows that have the feet you want to make sure they have the feet on the bottom and also have the turn up things for their hands especially during kind of the winter if you're about to give birth I would say make sure they have the bits that turn over the hands because the hands get mighty cold you want to have some vests and you want to have some long sleeve vests some short sleeve vests and long sleeve vests I would say maybe five of each baby grows maybe have seven or eight I would say um and so we have probably four newborn size baby grows and then we probably have four or five zero to three month baby grows um she's not quite out of the newborn ones yet but it won't be long purely because they fit her in the body perfectly but the arms when i turn over the ends to, to go over the hands um she can't kind of stretch out her arms fully anymore um inside the fabric what else do you really need and that's it, really, with clothes, I'd say, and then blankets to sleep in, um, we have loads of outfits, of course, we do because I spent lots of money on buying clothes that I really didn't need, but she looks really cute in them. I bought pretty much all of them in zero to three months, so they have swamped her quite a bit um, but I also figured that when we if we are lucky enough to have baby number two, then um most of the newborn stuff I bought was kind of stripey or any of the pink stuff is stuff that can go under things so everything will be used again my favorite brand for baby clothes is mori it's expensive but it is the softest stuff that i have ever found hello my husband just walked in um <laughs> he's now pulling a face anyway um so yeah, I think other than that, you probably don't need anything. Maybe some booties, maybe some... Let's ask Kendrick, what is the most useful thing that we have had for the baby that you would say people definitely need? Your boobs. My boobs. <laughs> My boobs. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Boobs. Um, I think that's it, really. Uh, oh, a changing bag. And a smaller changing bag. So within my changing bag, I have a really teeny tiny, like, little pouch. And in that pouch, I have two nappies, I have a few pads for me, I have a spare baby grow, I have Mm -hmm. cotton wool, I have a bag for the nappy, Um, is that it? A muslin. And I basically, that's in my nappy bag, so I can just grab that If I'm breastfeeding and I need some mudlin, I know where it is. If I need to change her real quick, I need to run to the bathroom somewhere, I can grab that. When we were in the car today and I had to change her um, when we were at the beach, I just had to grab that. I didn't have to grab every single element that I needed um, out of my nappy bag. So I would recommend that. That's been super, super helpful for me. Um, Okay, what else? What else? sleeping arrangements I think I covered that off bedtime we're not doing any routine right now I am slightly I'm not implementing a routine I'm just trying to see what she wants and see if there's a pattern and there is a pattern right now she is completely Sparko on me and this is very normal for this time of day um so she's definitely developing her own pattern and I'm just trying to kind of create a bit of familiarity and stick to her pattern Um, I think routine at three weeks is possibly a little bit early but she does like to go to bed around nine o'clock and it does work better if we go to bed around nine o'clock so she has a feed probably from eight till about nine then we go to beddies then um, I sometimes can sleep from nine until twelve before she wakes up this has happened maybe twice and i've got like 2 to 3 hours sleep and then um and then it starts to get a little bit closer together but i wouldn't stress in the first couple of weeks about routine i think it's a bit of a dangerous road if you're trying to stick to a routine and it's just not working it could that could be quite an emotional strain um you've got a lot to deal with in the first couple of weeks and i just wouldn't worry about that mornings a lot of people have asked kind of how I've been getting on in the morning in the mornings my go-to or how it works best for me is to do my morning feed put her back down in her snooze pod she'll normally settle herself I will then get up I will brush my teeth I will take a shower I feel very confident that she's absolutely fine in her snooze pod nothing's gonna happen um so I'll take a shower and I will get dressed I will maybe just tidy up her nursery a little bit, um empty the bin of poo, <laughs> empty my bin of kind of sanitary bits and pieces, and then it's normally time I'll then go downstairs make my breakfast and then it's normally time for another feed. So n- mornings take a long time. Like in the first cup in the first week, uh I would say it took me about an hour and a half to get downstairs. I also change her nappy in that time maybe once or twice um so yeah it takes it takes quite a bit of time I managed to do it in half an hour this morning to get out get her dressed get her nappy changed um we do change her after she's slept we wake up and we do put her in a new baby grow or an outfit depending on where we're going or what we're doing if I'm going to be at home all day sometimes I'll just shove her in a baby grow because she's super comfortable and she's really easy to feed. So sometimes Hendrik will especially pick outfits that are really difficult to breastfeed in. And I know that sounds tricky or it sounds odd, but if you've got your baby in baggy trousers and then there's a baggy top and a baggy cardigan, it's actually quite challenging to feed them, to breastfeed them. So I would always, I always kind of pick tighter clothes um, and then when I'm breastfeeding I'll take off her cardigan and if it's cold I'll wrap her in a blanket instead because that's easier to breastfeed in. Just kind of less clothes to get out of the way to actually get face to nipple. Um, laundry, you're gonna do a lot of laundry. I actually have just bought from Lakeland a um, rack that is heated because we have a tumble dryer, but most of the stuff that I have for her, you can't really tumble dry. Uh, and the reusable nappies, you can't tumble dry. A lot of her clothing is bamboo and cotton mixed, so you can't tumble dry that. And I want the clothes to last for a long time because they're expensive. So um, I, I'm not going to be putting them in the tumble dryer. We don't actually have a separate tumble dryer. We have a washer dryer thing. So the drying function isn't actually that great. And with us going into winter... I just thought, I'm going to get it, and then we won't have laundry, because even now, when it's raining outside, we have laundry around for like three days before it's dry, which is not ideal. Um, In the first couple of weeks, I actually went out a lot. Uh, We, it was quite tough to start with, because we got home from the hospital, and then every single day, for about a week, we had daily hospital visits to check for her jaundice, and that was exhausting, (laughs) exhausting, um, we didn't kind of have that time to just be at home, so I would always recommend that if you have the ability to ask them to come to you, then do, in hindsight I didn't realise that was an option, um, but I probably could have put my, well I didn't really need to put my foot down, it was fine at the time, I enjoyed going in and actually it's quite reassuring, I was able to check little bits with me and they checked my kind of my one stitch a few times and with my pelvis pain it was quite nice to be able for them to just check that everything was okay Um, and with my breastfeeding and my cracked nipples they were checking my latch for me and all this kind of stuff so it was actually quite reassuring to go back to the hospital every day and to have that support to know that the baby was okay and all that kind of stuff Um, but it was exhausting having to get out of the house get dressed get showered but it took away the fear of doing that because i was then driving baby by myself i went to darts farm which is a local farm cafe place um, near to us to see my mum kind of on like day seven or day six, I think. And, um, it was fine. It was fine. And I wasn't nervous to drive with her by myself. I wasn't nervous to go out by myself. Uh, we did our first going into town by ourselves, uh, yesterday, uh, day before yesterday. And that was quite intense because I couldn't find any parking, no mum and baby parking and actually no normal parking. So it was a bit, a bit, interesting and because everything takes so much longer couldn't just park where I normally park um so yeah I need to plan a little bit further ahead I actually went to Tesco's as well yesterday couldn't get any mum and baby parking so ended up parking miles away I also think by like day six I was in Waitrose doing a Waitrose shop with her attached to me easiest way to do a supermarket shop is to just wear your baby don't do anything else (laughs) just wear your baby if you can if you have the ability to. Um and then, I mean that's pretty much it. Get some good series on Netflix, which is what I have done. I've actually finished them all, so I need to find some um new series. I've been watching Ozark and we've been watching The Bates Motel, uh Suits, obviously. Suits, obviously. Um and what else? What else have I been watching? I can't remember just some good movies. I don't watch TV or watch Netflix at night when I'm feeding her because of the blue light and I try not to be on my phone although occasionally I have caught up with my NCT girls and my uh, postnatal and my prenatal yoga girls um, at like 3am in the morning we have a nice little chat (laughs) um, which is quite fun sometimes but yeah I try not to be on my phone too much to make sure that she doesn't wake up or she doesn't... um, be affected by the blue light. So I have been talking for almost an hour, and I can't believe I've been talking for almost an hour. I really hope I have shared some in some useful information for you. Um, there was another couple of questions actually. You know what? I'm just going to just grab my Instagram. Uh, no, I took a photo. I took a photo. So I'm just going to grab that and just make sure that I have answered um this lovely lady's question uh where is the photo here's the photo what does she say what books did you read if any to prepare for the birth of your baby i read what to expect when you're expecting um but i never finished it i never actually got to the birth bit i at the very beginning when it was all very exciting being pregnant i read every chapter um But I actually never really got to the end, and I haven't opened it since, so I read that. I also read... Ah, damn it, what is it, what is it? I'm going to take a photo of both of the books. I'll put a photo on my Instagram of both of the books that I read. Um, I also followed the Baby Center app and What to Expect When You're Expecting app on my phone. Um, Hello, little girl. Got a little waking up baby. How did you cope with the pain um, aromatherapy, um, and breathing exercises. So I was very lucky in that I had my yoga breathing. I also did hypnobirthing, um, where you learn about up-breathing and down-breathing, which was very helpful. I had gas and air, but that was it. So the breathing techniques were really, really helpful, so definitely have a look at those. How did you cope with the feelings of fear? I actually didn't have any fear before birth. Um, I was excited about it. I was very, very lucky. I was just extremely excited about giving birth. When my waters broke, I was slight had a slight wobble that, oh my goodness, this is happening. This is all very real. Um, but it didn't last very long and it was fine. It was fine. Um... How did you calm yourself down? How did I calm myself down? Breathing. Just breathing. And knowing that it's going to be okay. And knowing that actually one thing that I did take from... One of the things I did take from my hypnobirthing was just knowing that every contraction got me closer to giving birth. And there was only one thing that was going to happen after I'd gone into labour... And that was baby was coming out. One way or another, baby was coming out. There was no way I could avoid it. It was going to happen. And it was going to happen that night. So it was just the realisation and accepting it. No point in fighting it because it's going to happen. Hopefully that's useful. I know I'm quite black and white about this stuff. um, But I very much felt like it is what it is. It's going to happen. And I needed to deal with it in my own way. And everyone does have their own way i wouldn't ever worry about oh i i should be doing this i shouldn't be i should be doing that shouldn't be doing that you will have your own way of getting through it and do what works for you if it works for you to watch netflix do it if it works for you to breathe in a certain way do it don't feel like you have to do what you've learned if it works great if it's helpful great but if not drop it do something else that works for you um I think that's it and I've answered the clothing question um and I've answered the other questions as well so yay I think I've done well have I done well Amandine answering the questions hopefully that's given you a bit of an overview of um what the first few weeks have been like I will come back to you with another update next weekend at uh, next next week even Um, not too sure on how the podcasts are going to kind of pan out. I've got a couple of really exciting guests lined up, which is awesome. I am just finding a way of interviewing them and having them on the podcast, not interviewing them because I don't interview anybody, but having them on the podcast at a time when Amondine isn't going to lose her shizzle like she did in the doctor's surgery this morning. So, or this afternoon. Anyway, she is now waking up and she's pulling all of the wonderful faces and having a big old stretch. So I am going to hopefully go and put her down for a little bit longer and I will catch up with you guys next week. If you have any questions in the meantime, please go to my Instagram, just message me. Emma Jolin is my Instagram, J-A-U-L-I-N is how you spell my last name. Connect with me, I will try and answer all of your questions as much as I can. Um, I apologise if it takes me a little while to get to you. And if anyone has any, you know, bright ideas for me, that would be great. Alright, I will catch you next week.